Welcome to the Voices of Women Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Tatiana Resnik, a practicing physician and a certified life coach. You will hear about inspirational journeys and practical tips from amazing women physician experts, as well as effective coaching tools and steps to joyful success. Welcome everyone to this episode. I'm so excited and happy to have here our special guest, Dr. Oksana Armonova. She's very unique. She's intuitive transformational coach, clairvoyant and spiritual healer. And she's a physician. She will tell us about her story. Welcome, Oksana. Hello. Hello, Tatiana. Hello, everybody. So happy to be here. So happy to be here. Please tell us about yourself, about what you do, about your journey. Well, I was actually born near Mongolia and I grew up in Siberia. And since I was a child, I was very intuitive and I could see things and feel things that other people could not perceive. And my mom was a physician. And back then in old days, I used to make rounds with her in the hospital, I think since I was like four or five years old. And I just loved healing people. I loved helping people. And that's why it was like a natural decision for me to go to medical school because I thought, okay, this is the only avenue for me to be able to heal and help people. And also when I was growing up, because again, I could perceive things that other people could not perceive. And I also was very sensitive. I could feel other people's emotions. I could see what's going on in their life. And, you know, when I was growing up as a child, I was almost like sick all the time, especially on the holidays. Like my favorite holiday was New Year's. And every New Year, I was sick. And reflecting back, I realized that I was healing everybody around me. And again, holidays, you know, it brings a lot of joy, but it also brings a lot of pain for some, right? And all traumas. And so I was healing everybody and I was absorbing other people's energy and was feeling sick. And it's interesting. So when I was in medical school and I did my medical school in Siberia, after my lectures, I would go to local clinic and I was healing people. So I would put my hands on people and did like, you know, the way I knew that if I put my hands on somebody, they will get better, they will be healed. And people were having this remarkable results where you were going like, oh my God, I was in pain for so many years. My pain went away or, you know, I had this chronic problem for so long and it went away. What did you do? And I felt so happy for them, but I would get home and I couldn't get out of bed. So I was exhausted or sometimes I was in pain. And what was happening, I was absorbing everybody else's energy. So I was absorbing all my patients' energy and taking it on. And like a light bulb went up for me a long, long time ago. During my training, I was doing rheumatology elective. And I remember I was so happy. I'm like, oh my God, finally, it's not a surgery elective. It's not a surgical rotation. And back in, in our medical school, when we went, like you had to do surgery rotation, remember, and we had to do all subspecialties. And I said, oh my God, it's going to be a nice vacation. I don't have to be on call. I don't have to wake up 5 a.m. And then after a few days, because again, it was outpatient rheumatology clinic, I just felt all my joints were hurting. I was starting feeling depressed. And I thought, what's the heck? <laughs> this is supposed to be an easy rotation. And I was talking to the attending and she was saying, oh, it's not a big deal. She said, I feel like that almost all the time. And she said, why don't you start taking low dose of antidepressant to help you with that? 
And I said, oh my God, I'm at the beginning of my medical training. So if I start taking an antidepressant now, what am I looking down the road? <laughs> what is going to look like, you know, for the next, whatever, 40 years of my medical career? And then I realized again, looking back, that I was seeing patients in the clinic with chronic pain. A lot of, again, as we know, rheumatology patients, right, autoimmune diseases, a lot of them depressed, a lot of them having with chronic ongoing conditions. And I went through my medical school, residency, and I've been working as a hospitalist for almost 20 years. And I see so much burnout in the world of physicians, and that's why I'm so passionate about helping other physicians to overcome burnout, to help and teach them tools so that we're not absorbing their patients' energies, right? Their patients' suffering, pain, so we're not becoming it. This is really interesting. Can you tell us a little bit, what tools are those? What did you learn and how exactly can physicians put those energetic boundaries and do not absorb patients' problems and pain? Yes, thank you, Tian. It's so interesting because, you know, when I start reflecting on that, I realize that as physicians, we deal with people's pain and suffering on a daily basis. And I thought, oh my God, how many professions out there in the world who do that day after day to see people who are dying, who are having chronic conditions, pain, depression, all sorts of illnesses. And also, you know, it's not just, let's say we do it one hour a month, right? It's daily, it's years. And it becomes almost like a norm for us. We are so used to it because we've been doing it for so many years. And just also reflecting how many patients have we seen in our medical career, 30,000, right? 40, 50,000. And so it's almost like we think like, oh, it's not a big deal. But when you realize that, you go like, oh my God, I've been dealing with a lot. And another thing is when we go see patients, we go from one room to another. So we go see one patient, maybe somebody is dying and we have to pronounce him dead. And then we have to go to another room and we have to put a smile on our face and cheer up our next patient. And so many of us, we learn how to do that. And how many physicians out there feeling exhausted, feeling depressed, having lack of energy, feeling sad. And, you know, we want our patients to do better. We put our heart and soul into our work. And a lot of times we're trying to solve our patients' problems. And it's all kind of will lead to answer to your question. So is it, you know, somebody is homeless or family can't take care of the patients? You know, sometimes we're also social workers <laughs> trying to find, we try to find a placement or if somebody is homeless, we try to find a place for them. So we're trying to solve their problems. And a lot of times they, you know, some homeless people, they don't want, right? They're just like, no, I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to go on the streets. So in a sense, again, we're absorbing our patients' pain, suffering, and so forth. And even our medical system is built on that. It's built on a principle where patients give all the responsibility for their health to the physician. And they come into you and they say, okay, you're the doctor, you fix me. And that's it, right? So how do you protect yourself? What exactly are those energetic boundaries and how do you put them? So it took me a long time to just even realize that. And what's actually happening, especially, you know, being sensitive as a person. And there are a lot of physicians who are sensitive. There is a trendy word now. It's like being an empath, meaning you're being very sensitive. And it was so interesting. Yesterday, I was talking to one of the physicians, male physician, and I was telling him, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be on the podcast tomorrow teaching physicians how not to absorb their patients' pain, suffering, and how to maintain your energetic boundaries. And he said, oh, why would any physician want to learn that? He said, oh, physicians, they just put walls around them so they don't feel it. 
And I was just blown away because to him, it was just like, you know, as a matter of fact, yeah, this is what we do. This is the right thing to do. And it's perfect. And again, if you just, you know, maybe do it for an hour when you're running a code and then you're able to get out of that space, it's okay. But if you're doing it years after years, those walls, it start affecting you. It start affecting your communication and relationship with your family and your loved ones, right? And people don't realize it because you're not processing those energies, those emotions. And so like Albert Einstein said, oh, everything is energy. So our emotions, energy, uh, thoughts, energy, our vibrations, it's all energy. And so, like you said, what do you do? What can we do not to absorb it? And so first I would say is awareness. So even having the awareness, how much you are dealing with on a daily basis, how many thousands and thousands of patients you've seen. So when you realize that and come from that perspective, it helps you to be empowered, right? You're going like, oh my God, again, in the world, how many other people do that? Right. And so then when you're on day off and you don't have energy to do that load of laundry, you don't beat yourself up and goes like, oh, you know, again, like laundry piling up and I don't have enough energy to get to it. Another thing is to, in a sense, when you feel, let's say, depressed or you feel sadness, or even if you start having particular thoughts, you have to ask yourself and it's just simple question you can ask. It's, oh, what I'm feeling right now, for example, sadness. Is it mine? Are those mine emotions? Or am I picking it up from somebody else? And we all have those examples. Let's say you're going with your day, you're very happy, everything is going great in your life. And then let's say you're going to visit somebody in a nursing home. And especially if it's a not nice nursing home. And all of a sudden you start feeling depressed or you start feeling sad. So what's happening? You start matching that energy of the nursing home. You start matching residents of the nursing home, their pain, their loneliness, and so forth. So being aware of it, it's key because awareness comes first. Emotions are contagious, yes. And I love what you just said. Emotions are contagious. Exactly. Like, you know, good emotions are contagious. So you go to birthday party and everybody is celebrating and you match that energy or you're going to another place, you go to funeral, right? Or like a nursing home and you feel differently. But we are the ones who decide how we want to feel, right? We have a choice of what we want to experience, how we want to feel. And another part of it, like you said, what are the tips is being in compassion when we relate to our patients, when we work with patients, being in state of compassion rather than sympathy, maintaining neutrality, right? In relationship to what our patients going through. It will be like totally another topic. Probably we can do another podcast on what's compassion versus sympathy. And a lot of physicians don't recognize that. Tell us briefly about this. Well, what sympathy is, and again, our system and our medical training is almost based on that. And you know, how many times, let's say, we have seen a patient and they go, Oh, doc you don't know what I'm going through. You don't feel my pain. Have you heard that, right? I heard so many times. And depending on the medical training, it's almost like expected you have to feel your patient's pain in order to you know, understand better what they're going through. And so sympathy, it's when, and again, we can talk about it for a long time, but it's almost like, let's say if somebody going through something challenging, they're feeling depressed, they're feeling sad, in a sense, they dig themselves in a hole. So if you match the energy and it's almost like you become it and you go, it's like, oh, poor you, right? Poor you, life is hard and nothing you can do about it. So it's in a sense, you climb with them in the same hole. 
And then you can't help them. You can't yank them out of it, of that space. But if you remain in compassion where you're going, okay, I know what you're going through, but I know that you have the full potential to come out of it. I know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So in a sense, if they're down in a hole below, you above, and it will help them to come up to that space. So you give them hope. So you're not matching their vibrations. And also not to take responsibility for our patients' problems and health. So again, our medical system is built like, yeah, you're responsible. You're my doctor. I pay you money. You fix me. But when you recognize that, oh, okay, this person is dealing with certain health conditions. This is what maybe in some ways they created a certain learning experience for themselves. And I have resources and I share my tools and gifts to help them on their healing journey. So in a sense, you're like holding their hand, but you're not taking responsibility for their health, for their problems. So then it's, again, you maintain neutrality, you're being in compassion. And another, you know, very simple practical tool which people can do is, let's say after you see the patient and you go, you wash your hands. And while you're washing your hands, you can just have an intention that all the energy that you absorb from your patient, it just drains down with the water. So you're just washing it off and you're releasing it. And again, having an awareness after you came and again, working as hospitalist, this is what I did for all those 20 years. So I come out of the room, I wash my hands. And in a sense, this is what I do, right? I'm letting go of my patient's energies and I am replenishing with my own energy, my own emotions, my own vitality. And this is what I teach people in my workshops in more detail, how to recognize what emotions are yours, what are not yours. How do you maintain your energy boundaries? How to release your patient's energies at the end of your workday? And even how to set the energy when you go in the morning, when you just enter the clinic or you enter your hospital, wherever you work. So you're already going in with intention to be in that space of compassion, neutrality, gratitude. And yes, so this is some of the tips. It is beautiful. What else helps to maintain those energetic boundaries? Another good part is that when we realize we have an awareness how much we are dealing with, realizing, okay, having a system in place which supports you, right? Supports your well-being, supports your health, whatever it is for you. So, you know, even on airplane, we say, put oxygen mask on yourself first before even putting it on your kid. So at least, you know, airlines got it right. I wish our health system finally catches up and gets it right. So whatever the system is for you, is it asking your family for help or spending time in nature? And we're all different. So you just recognize what's right for you. So maybe for someone seeing 25 patients a day, it's not a big deal. They're like, oh, 25 patients, I can be done in a few hours. But for somebody else, seeing 15 patients a day, it's a max. This is like they reach the threshold. And starting making changes in your, again, professional life or in your environment, which supports you. So I would say this would be another tip. And then, again, all other tips and tools. This is what I teach in detail in my workshops. Very good. Very interesting. What else would you recommend? And what would you recommend not to do for our listeners, for physicians and for other healthcare professionals dealing daily at work with stress, with illness, with sadness? What else from your standpoint, from energetic boundary standpoint could be helpful? 
Well, as I mentioned earlier, I do not recommend building walls, which is, like I said yesterday, one of the physicians told me, it's like, oh, we just build walls. So whatever helps for you, I would say spending time in nature, it's very, very helpful. Even if, let's say, you're going in the park or you're somewhere in the forest, even putting your hands on a tree, it will help you to release the energy. And what I also noticed, even though most of the physicians, they don't realize why they're doing that. Have you noticed how many physicians after work go to the gyms? Yes. So, you know, they go to the gym because they want to exercise. They don't like stagnation. But a lot of them, they don't realize that actually what's happening when they exercise, they're moving energy of their patients. It's their way to release patients' energies. And so besides, you know, endorphins you get from exercising and all of that, but energetically, this is what's actually happening. Isn't it interesting? Very interesting perspective. So all lifestyle, medicine measures, all health-related, self-care-related measures actually help from energy perspective as well. Very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, when I teach in my workshops, I teach different tools. I teach energy tools or I teach intuition. So how not to, again, absorb others' problems, pain, and how to release and clear it. So I developed like a toolbox. And I think for every physician or healthcare to have that toolbox, it's like invaluable. And I teach how to remain centered, how to remain grounded, how to, like, we all have energy bubble around us, how to maintain that energy bubble so that it's not getting getting affected. You're not getting affected by other vibrations. You know, the same goes in a bigger picture in the world because there is so much chaos, there is so much anxiety right now. And so what I see also physicians, a lot of us, we are feeling not just from our patients, but we are feeling what's going on in the world. And sometimes the more sensitive you are, you become in it. So you start feeling anxious or you start feeling depressed. So how do you stay centered in the midst of chaos, uncertainty? What exactly do you do? Well, I developed a set of tools and through learning different types of meditation over many, many years. I've been on my spiritual journey since I was a child. So one of the tools is staying grounded, meaning that you being centered, you connect to the earth, and then you have more awareness what's yours and what's not yours, right? What's your thoughts, emotion, and what's not yours. And also recognizing, because I've been doing it for so many years, so now I am aware when I'm picking up something which is not mine. So I have certain techniques where I go, okay, I'm feeling this patient's pain or emotions, so let's just release that and just let's replenish with my own vibration, my own vitality, my own essence. And in a sense, it's hard to just teach it in a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's more complex. I'm just curious. Yes, it is more complex, but it works. Very interesting. But, you know, the key point that we touched is, again, just starting with the awareness that it's actually happening because awareness is key. Just asking such a simple question, okay, I want my awareness to go to what my own feelings are or what my own thoughts are. Because we are like radio station. We absorb everybody's thoughts, emotions all the time, like I was saying. Do people have difficulty distinguishing what is your emotions or what's from outside? Like if you come to a room and there is a sad family crying, and patient is very sick and you feel immediately sad you know that you're sad because of that situation you was not sad a second ago so do people have difficulty distinguishing 
This is a great question. Yes, like you said, the situation you just described, right? It's very obvious. But most of the people, when it's not that obvious, they don't realize it because it's all around us. It's in the hospital, it's in the clinic, it's the patients around us. And most of the people, they don't have an awareness that so many of the thoughts and feelings that they're experiencing, it's not even there. They're just picking up from somebody, especially, let's say, if you know it's somebody you care about or it's you know your patients or your family members, and they might be thousands of miles away. They could be in another country, but if they're going through something and you're close to them, you will start feeling it because you care about them. Yeah. So it's actually, like you said, something obvious like that. You're just like, yeah, I feel sad because of this. And you mentioned about importance of staying grounded. What exactly staying grounded is? How do you stay grounded? Well, this is a tool I teach. And more and more now, I see even on the internet, there are terms earthing or being grounded. So a lot of times it means different techniques. So it's just becoming more popular as a word. So what I do, I just have a technique where we all have energy centers in our body. So we have major chakras, we have layers of the aura. It's like our energy bubble. So what I do, I connect my first chakra to the center of the planet Earth. And again, our first chakra is the center of your self-preservation. It's anything which relates to your life on this planet. So when you do that, and again, this is the techniques I'm teaching, and then through that, it's, you know, like we ground our electrical appliances. <laughs> oh, I see. And then when you have that, you start releasing any energies which is not yours. So you just, it's naturally, you just have an intention that anything which is not yours, any problems that are not yours, just starts releasing down to the earth and there it gets recycled the energy gets recycled and goes where it needs to go so it's one of the tools that i teach in my workshops and then it's also when you do that it helps you to be more present it helps you to be more present in your body it helps you to be more aware of what's going on so interesting. There is a lot in this world which we not really aware about and what we don't know yet or don't understand yet. So interesting. And for our listeners who would like to get to know more and learn from you and to connect with you, what would be the best way for them to connect? Yes, they can find me on my website and it's www.divinewellnessmd.com and they can find me on Instagram, divinewellnessmd.com. They can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Aksana Armonova. And yes, I would be happy to connect and help others. And again, like I said, I'm so passionate helping other physicians. Thank you so much for coming to this podcast and sharing your journey and your experiences. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you enjoyed it or found it helpful, please subscribe, leave a five-star review, and share with a friend. Have any topics you'd like covered? Send me an email at joyfulsuccessliving at gmail.com. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram to connect at joyfulsuccessliving. Have an amazing week. See you next time. The Voices of Women Physicians podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not provide any medical, financial, tax, legal, or psychological services or advice. You are responsible for your own well-being, decisions, and results. Dr. Resnik is a practicing physician, but Voices of Women Physicians podcast is not reflective of the opinion of her employer. 
you should always contact professional if you have any specific questions about your unique situation.